Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Hey, Happy New Year. Well, hopefully you all aren't mad at me. I We did video last week. I ran a video of me preaching. I think a couple people get upset over that. But, hey, I'm here now. I wish I could say that. I'm going to repeat. Get over it. Anyway, (laughs) I didn't say that. I'm just repeating. But uh, anyway, today's a a very special day, and I want to take just a moment to recognize a very special person. Uh, Many of you don't know what happens during the week here, but most of what happens happens as a result of one lady who has been a faithful, faithful person from the day we started the church, and that's our office administrator, Suli. Anna Murray, and so I want to run a little thing of Suliana. Guys, you know, I, I don't know even know, is this a video little thing? Can you run it? Is, is it ready to go? Oh, there we go. There she is. When you see her, tell her happy birthday on the way out. Suli, we love you. Here, where, Come in here. Give her a hand right back. Suliana, happy birthday. We love you. Come on. Mosaic would not be mosaic without you, girl. Yeah, wish her happy birthday and love on her. She's one of the sweetest people you will ever meet in this lifetime. So now stand up again. Mark Seals, was, he, he, he says, look, I, I used to be Catholic. I ain't no mo. I know when to stay standing, all right? Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God, and I boldly confess my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, and I'll never be the same again. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I like it. Well, we're, we're, we're beginning the series as I began last week, uh, Possessing and Progressing Vision. Um, Vision is something that a lot of people talk about, but they don't think about, and they don't actually live it out. Uh, After a lot of uh, defeats in life, or even several defeats, or things that don't happen, we often just quit, and we just allow every year to deal us the hand that that year will deal us, and, and we play it, and we don't have confidence or faith to believe for anything else or bigger things, and the goal of this series is to elevate uh, our faith, elevate our vision, elevate our goals and our dreams. And uh, I wish I could say that all of those come to pass. I wish I could God's plan for our lives. And I don't have time to tell you how to think about that, but it'll be kind of incorporated into this message. But God has great plans for every one of us. And uh, I think sometimes life itself beats us down and we lose sight of those, and we, we quit believing and quit. So th- what I'm hoping to do this month is to impart uh, or at least stir up in us uh, the desire and the discipline to write things down that we want to see happen in 2020. Yeah. And I've got to be honest with you, for me it begins with, you know, I was thinking about this, been thinking about this as I've prepared this series, 
is does your dream and does your vision include other people? And when I say include other people, do you think about the impact and effect that your dream or your vision will have on them? Do you think about when you go out, am I telling people about the Lord? And a lot of reasons, or one of the reasons we don't tell people about the Lord is because we're involved and we're included in that. And uh, the devil will have you believe you're a hypocrite because why would you be telling other people about the Lord if you yourself are struggling with him? You just never stop telling them. God is good even when you're an idiot. So if I'm an idiot, I can still tell somebody about Jesus and it still works because he's never an idiot. God is always good. And so I want us to incorporate this year as we dream and we cast vision, as we plan and, 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 and create destiny, I want us to think about other people. You know, how many people today are home looking for someone uh, that would, would care enough about them to say, come to church with me, be a part of my church, be a part of my life? You know, we don't talk a lot about evangelism. And we don't talk about it much anymore, and I don't hear a lot of pastors talking about it. And, and, and I'm not saying that to be critical, but I'm just saying that every dream and every vision should include other people. Who are you going to bring with you? Who are you going to help? Who are you going to serve? Who are you going to support? Um, it's, it's so very important that we never lose sight of loving people who are maybe not even lost. Maybe they're just wondering. Maybe they're just looking. Maybe they're... So turn your Bibles to uh, uh, Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. No mystery. Scripture known by most, uh, many if not most. And I'm going to read it out of two translations. The first being the Amplified. It says, where there is no vision, no redemptive revelation of God. That's, that's a, the Amplified. No redemptive revelation. And there's an important thing. It's not just no revelation of God, but no redemptive revelation. That describes what we're looking for is God sent Christ. He's a redeemer. And we need to have a redemptive revelation of God. In other words, we need to see God as a good God. A God who honors his promises. His Bible is filled with promises. And we need to see him as a redemptive God. Not just as God or he's the authoritative uh, person in the universe, but he's the authoritative person in my life. And it says the people, without that vision, the people perish. But he who keeps the law of God, which includes that of man, blessed, happy, fortunate, and enviable is he. So you can see the things that are the result of people who have this redemptive revelation of God, that they are happy, fortunate, and enviable because they keep the law of God because they can know they can trust God. There are people who are cynical, bitter, hurt, wounded. Things didn't quite pan out the way they thought they might or the way they'd hoped years ago. And as a result of that, they've kind of faded. Uh, they would say they still believe in Jesus. They're still believers. And I think maybe one of the worst things uh, in this world, not in eternity, but is to believe there is a God and to accept the deity of Christ and that he is the savior of the world but not have the kind of relationship that believes he has our best in mind it's almost like a tease where yeah he's there but he's there for everybody else he's not there for me where have you asked God to be for you have you specifically asked God for something you've 
hope for, long for, for years, or you just leave it in your head. The Bible says that you don't think about your mountain, you speak to your mountain. And you say, move from here to there. Paul said, we believe, therefore we speak. The words of our mouths, as in the beginning of time, begin to give shape to the world in which we live. Now, God spoke and the world came into existence. But when we speak, it develops the world uh, within us. And we begin to declare what God has put in our hearts. That declaration is an act of faith. It, It puts love's faith. Without it, we can't even please him. So really what I want us to do is begin today thinking about what we want to see happen in 2020. Now I'm going to tell you I've got personal goals and I have uh, goals for this church. Now, you know, uh, a lot of people have a lot to say about the things that you want to happen. People who don't like you, they might even pray against you. That might, you might actually be helpful to people that don't like you. They'll pray. And they'll pray against your vision or your dream or your goals and and, and uh, so you just have to live your life anyway, and you have to follow God. And you can't determine whether your vision or dream or destiny will happen based on somebody else, or sometimes their criticism gets you down. But I believe in this auditorium will be filled three times. Now, that's this year. You say, well, is that all you want? No, that's this year. Now, a third of you like that. If we can get another third on board, we have a majority. But, but the, the reason I, I say that is because if we don't start talking about what we want, and you can say, well, what if it doesn't happen? We haven't lost anything. You say, well, what, what if it doesn't happen? I don't have to explain it. God does. I'm believing him. And God will always, I believe, engage when it comes to helping others. Let this church be a reflection of you. Let love, grace, and mercy be so real. And when people walk in here, they feel you, they want you, they know you. Uh, and, and so I want to encourage you to write down in the next couple of weeks what you'd like to see happen in 2020. You say, well, how do I do that? Well, I, used to, I have categories, and I, I don't use all of them the way I used to, but I'd have categories like personal growth. What do I want to see happen in my life that, that I would become a, uh, have a closer walk with God? I don't want to become a better person. I want to have a closer walk with God. You say, well, why wouldn't you want to be a better person? Because the closer I walk to God, that's a given. And so my pursuit isn't that I will have a better life. My pursuit is God himself. In his presence brings a fullness of joy. There's authority and power that comes with that. And so that's my personal pursuit. My first goal is God, help me to be closer to you in 2020 than I was in 2019. Secondly, God, help me be a better husband and father than I was in 2019. I, I want to be that. And, and, and that's, that's one of my dreams and goals that, and, and that I and Susan will tell you there's not a day that goes by that, that I, I don't verbalize that. Now, words of affirmation, uh, some people say are not, you know, well, that's not my love language. And I'm going to be teaching on love languages this year. But words of affirmation are the, the biblical uh, Scripture for that is encourage one another daily. And so I, I want to be that person that is, even in my worst and darkest hour, be able to affirm somebody else. And starting with my family. And then coming in and preaching happy to you every Sunday. And if you're mad, how many of you know mad people don't like happy sermons? I'm going to preach happy sermons because they, they just work better. Uh, you know, I, I grew up in a hellfire and brimstone church and we were all going to hell and knew it. 
but for some reason we kept coming back every Sunday hoping we wouldn't, you know, or we'd come back the next week and hope that if everybody wasn't there and somebody died, we knew they went to hell. I mean, it, it was one of those, and I hated that. I hated being in church. I, I wanted to be encouraged, and I believe that's what the gospel is. It literally means good news. Jesus didn't go out and say, go out and preach news or go out and tell the story. He said, go out and preach the gospel, which is good news. So in my estimation, all of us ought to live good news lives and have good news confessions and have good news all the time on our lips. So then uh, being a better husband and father, that, that I, I want to be a better friend to those that I call friend. And uh, I realize that, that that's going to be up to me, not everybody else. How many of you know that you can be who you're called to be regardless of how other people behave? Yeah. You, your behavior is not contingent upon how they respond to you. Or, or what, whether they reciprocate, it depends strictly on what you're called to do and called to be. And you can love people until uh, they, they turn, and they will eventually. It's what I call love the hell out of them. And that is the proper word, by the way. Hell is a destination, location, really. It's not a curse word. It's just a location, or at least that's the way I'm using it. I love it. It's that, that hell from that's inside us before we get born again and then creeps back in as we don't address it. So address the hell in your life, all right? And, and then uh, I always tell people, have financial goals, uh, which scares the snot out of a lot of people when you say finances. So, well, you know, we've never done that before. Most Americans have not done that. Most people don't have financial goals because it requires discipline. Everything I'm saying to you requires discipline. Uh, you, you don't get a great life or a good life just accidentally. You get it because you design it. Good life doesn't come by default. Trust me, we live in a fallen world. And so it comes by design. Now, out of the New Living Translation, it says, When people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. In other words, when they don't look to the Word of God, they run wild. But whoever obeys the law is joyful. And so the Bible is, is not a book of don'ts, do's, and don'ts. It's more like a map. And it says, if you want to get from where you are to where you want to be, here's how you live your life. You love your neighbors. You love yourself. If somebody asks you to go a mile, go the second. They ask for your shirt, give them your coat. These are all things to be willing, be obedient. These, these are maps to our destiny. And so we have to write them down. As Habakkuk 2.2 said, you know, write them down like on a billboard so that you don't forget them. And, and then uh, number one thing I want to ask you to do is every day pray for Mosaic Church and pray for me. I, that was a rousing response. And you think I'm kidding. I'm telling you, pray for me. Pray for Mosaic. Tough neighborhood. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. And then I got saved, so I had bootstraps in God. And I thought I leaned on the bootstraps probably as regularly as I did God. Well, I got rid of my boots. I got flip-flops. And uh, there ain't nothing to pull up there, trust me. So, you know, this year, I'm having the time of my life. And, uh, but I also know that the devil doesn't like me. Now, he may like some of you because you hang out with him, but he does not like me. Don't get mad at me. But I, I'm just saying he doesn't like me. I wasn't supposed to come back to Oklahoma City. I wasn't supposed to be here. To his surprise, here I am. And let me tell you something. I am so far from done. When this thing is said and done and I preach my last sermon and giddy up and ride out on my horse, there'll be abundance of people and a thriving church. And, and uh, I, I, I'm just going to fight for that. 
because people said it never happened. I'm telling you, it will happen. And I ain't mad at nobody. I'm just telling you, I hate the devil. I, I, I can handle a loss to another human being because we're human beings. But I'm going to tell you, the devil is a loser, a liar, a lunatic. And that's just getting started. And you got to understand, many people don't believe there's a devil. I'm going to tell you, there is a devil. And he doesn't like Christ, uh, as long as we God and he adores us. And they have been fighting for our attention uh, as long as we've been alive. And God is fighting for you, not against you. Jesus is whispering in the right, on the right side of God, whispering in his ear, these are my kids, and I want to give them what they're asking for, so let's get her done. So I'm going to begin this sermon. This is one of those where I sat down and I began to write, and I couldn't stop. I finally had to get up and walk away because I thought there's no way I can get this sermon done. And sure enough, there's no way I can get through but one point today. But I'm going to tell you all three points. I want you to write them down. I want you to ponder them. And if you have any really great ideas, email the church and I'll use it. As I prayed through this, and it didn't take long. If you got the call Wednesday, it kind of began there. That we talk about vision and people say you have to have passion. Well, you do have to have passion. But it, let's just say passion is fuel. If you got, uh, and, and it's the kind that goes in your car. If you have fuel, but you don't have a vehicle then the fuel's just no good. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't work. You have to have a vehicle for the fuel. So that's passion. So a lot of people say, i got to have passion, passion. Passion's great, but you are the vehicle. Your purpose is the vehicle to, to pump that passion into. And, and, and in order for the purpose to really work, you have to have patience because it's not going to happen overnight. So I'm just reversed it for you. So the first thing I want to talk about when it comes to vision is having patience. Because some of y'all are going to pray throughout January. When you don't see it in February, you quit. Where's the patience? All vision takes patience. Now, 25 is said that 25% of the world is A-type personality. That's me. And I'm the type that says, God, could we just get this done? You're God. I mean, come on. How long do we have to wait? And God could get it done, but God is preparing us for what he has prepared for us. We think we're ready, but it doesn't happen. Well, if you're ready, it'll probably happen. But until you're ready, it may not happen. So God's protecting us from us. You know, uh, you've got to have this, you, you, you've got to be ready for what God is readying you for, and that takes some time. So... We just got to have some patience. And let me say this. Patience is not just an action. Really, patience is an attitude. So, in other words, if you get stuck in traffic and you're stuck, there's no way out. And you wait. And, And you think that's patience. No, not if you're steaming inside. You can say, but I, I waited and I didn't go anywhere. It wasn't your choice. You were stuck in traffic. You couldn't get around it, couldn't get through it. So now you have to realize. Now, I got to tell you, I'm about 50-50 on this one. I'm working this year to get up to about 70%. Because if I'm sitting in traffic, I'm looking for exits. I used to have a Hummer. I was stuck on I-35 one time <coughs> coming north out of Norman, 
and, and the, there was traffic jam on 35. I just hopped the Hummer over the curb, went down into the ditch, and went over to the service road. I know it was illegal. I confess it. But statute of limitations has run out on that. So I'm good to tell you. So basically, you say, why would you do that? Well, I was impatient. Why should I wait? I'm a busy person. I got places to go, people to see. I got things to do. So when I was going through all of my tough time, my counselor told me, she said, here's what I want you to do. You're just an impatient person. I'm not either. <laughs> she said, when you go, and this is, don't ever get behind me in a line at Target. I always pick the wrong one. But all of a sudden, when the plan was laid out, she said, when you go to Target, I want you to get in the longest line. It made no sense. There would be one open. I hope you over here, sir. No, I can't. My counselor said I couldn't. <laughs> Devil knew what I was doing. My line started moving faster, and there'd be one person in the other checkout, and they had to get a, a, a price check. I get through before them, and I'm thinking, this is not fair, God. <laughs> and so now, every now and then, I find my, I catch myself going, okay, Mark, patience. Slow down. Have a good attitude. Because some of us don't have patience. Men, the only time, I mean, men are the worst, you know. Men are the worst. Women, you look so pretty, and we're sitting there waiting on you. Car's been running 15 minutes. <laughs> Just do something. Go get her something to drink. Put it in the car. Just do something. And then she's going to feel guilty, and she'll get mad at you anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But <laughs> what are you doing? Practice patience. Figure out ways that you can practice patience. One of those is have children. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm done with that. I'll find another way. <laughs> but patience is critical to Let's just say you don't have patience, and some people say, well, you know, I don't have patience, but I built some great enterprise, and now you're miserable. Patience is key not just to our emotional health, but science says it's key to our physical health. When you and I are impatient and we get agitated, we release poisonous toxins into our bodies, and it creates heart disease. The challenge with most of our lives is that the sicknesses that we have are a result of the choices that we've made, not some accident out there floating around, some virus or bacteria. Our bodies become susceptible because we wear them down being impatient. You can go home and argue this point with somebody else, but don't argue it with me, please. Possessing vision is important, but being possessed by vision can be unhealthy. I used to be possessed by vision. I was so possessed by it. I'd work 70 hours a week. I was always thinking of things. And not that there's anything wrong with that outside of you don't live that long. And you don't have any friends when you die. Because all you did was run everybody into the ground. Now, I'm having a good time at Mosaic Church. Honestly, I could just hang out with you all like here every Sunday and be happy camper. But as I'm hanging out and I'm a happy camper, people are dying and going to hell within five minutes of us. And that just doesn't work. So we have to start thinking in terms, does our, envision, our vision include them? 
Galatians 5.22 says, But the fruit, singular, of the Spirit, because the reason it says fruit is because everything I'm about to say comes from the same tree, the tree of life, the God. The result of His presence within us is love, unselfish concern for others, joy, inner peace, patience, not the ability to wait, but how we act while waiting. See, I told you I'd get biblical on you. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Definition, patience is a person's ability to wait something out or endure something tedious without getting riled up. I'm going to pause right there. Women, it's a really great time to elbow your spouse. (laughs) Or elbow anybody you want. But... This is probably, this, I'm spending a little time here because this probably would be my most challenging thing out of these three components that I call components of healthy vision. And number one is being patient. It doesn't mean you do nothing. As a matter of fact, the Bible says, Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength to mount with wings as eagles, run and not be weary, walk and not faint. I heard one preacher preach this. I think it was Bishop Jakes. I think he said, you wait like a waiter on the Lord. While you're waiting, you're serving. You're not sitting around doing nothing. It doesn't mean that patience is lazy. It means it's an attitude. And while we are waiting, we're waiting. We're serving. We're doing something. But our attitude is, God, you're in charge. Having patience means you can remain calm even when you've been waiting forever or dealing with something painstakingly slow or trying to teach someone how to do something. They just don't get it. Patience is more of an attitude than an action. Isaiah 40, 31, I just read that to you. Now I'm going to read a story to you because I don't want to mess this up. It's really kind of cute. A man observed a woman in the grocery store with a three-year-old girl in her basket. As they passed the cookie section, the child asked for cookies, and her mother told her no. The little girl immediately began to whine and fuss, and the mother said quietly, Now, Ellen, we have just half the aisles left to go through. Don't be upset. It won't be long. He passed the mother again in the candy aisle. Of course, the little girl began to shout for candy. When she was told she couldn't have any, she began to cry. The mother said, there, there, Ellen, don't cry. Only two more aisles to go, and then we'll be checking out. The man again happened to be behind the pair at the checkout, where the little girl immediately began to clamor for gum and burst into a terrible tantrum. We'll be through this checkout stand in five minutes, and then you can go home and have a nice nap. The man followed them out of the parking lot and stopped the woman to compliment her. I couldn't help noticing how patient you were with little Ellen. The mother broke in. My little girl's name is Tammy. I'm Ellen. Sometimes we just have to talk to ourselves. Be patient. There'll be a lot of clamoring, a lot of noise, a lot of things going on. And sometimes we just need to remind ourselves just a little ways to go. It's not going to take that long. Patience is more than a virtue. It is a fruit of the Holy Spirit, as I've already mentioned. Psychologist, uh, Professor 
He said, patient people tend to experience less depression and negative emotions, perhaps because they can cope better with upsetting or stressful situations. They also rate themselves as more mindful and feel more gratitude, more connection to mankind, and this is his word, to the universe, and greater sense of abundance. Another person said, patience makes us mentally strong. Silence makes us emotionally strong. Patience can keep us from saying things that we really shouldn't say and doing things we really shouldn't do. So we need to be very patient in all that we do. Three ways to cultivate patience, and then I'll conclude with this. Three ways. Reframe, reframe the situation. Feeling impatient is not just an automatic emotional response. It involves conscious thoughts and beliefs as well. So reframe the situation. So if you're waiting on someone, uh, and you're waiting on someone, and you're waiting on someone, want them to treat me if I was late. And you don't know why they're late. I'm practicing right now. Here's the reality. Most people have one frame and they put it on one person for the rest of their lives. You need to reframe the way you felt about other people. Because if you don't reframe it, it will affect your ability to live your dream and your destiny. God, in my estimation, it's been my experience, cannot and will not allow us to dishonor him and others and give us a dream or a vision to come true because that's a part of the preparation. If I can't love other people and treat other people kindly and God blesses me, that's probably the worst thing he could do because I got there in an unhealthy way. God's highest for us is to love him and to love others. If we are successful... And we've run over people, we've been unkind to people, we've left God out. Then if we get that blessing, it will not be a blessing, it will be a curse. When we arrive at our place, our destiny, our dream, we need to have dealt with all the things in our lives that are harmful to us, to others, and even our relationship with God. Secondly, practice mindfulness. In one study, kids who did a six-month mindfulness program in school became less impulsive and more willing to wait for a reward. Let me rephrase that or reduce it. Self-aware. Are you aware of your tendencies, your weaknesses, or your flaws? Most people aren't mindful to realize, I need to change. For me to live my dream and my destiny will require Mark Crow to go from glory to glory. It will require me to become somebody different than I have been. You keep doing the same thing, you're going to get the same results. It's called insanity. So if you keep doing the same things in 2020 that you did in 2019, December 2020 will look much like 2019, December. Amen. That's good, Pastor. That was incredibly profound. Lastly, practice again. 
practice gratitude. In another study, adults who were feeling grateful were also better at patiently delaying gratification. When given the choice between getting an immediate cash reward or waiting a year for a larger windfall, less grateful people caved in once the immediate payment offer climbed to a certain amount. Grateful people, however, could hold out until the amount went much higher. If we're thankful for what we have today, we're not desperate for more stuff or better circumstances immediately. It's funny how if you can be grateful for what you have today, you don't get in a hurry. You don't sell short. You don't, you don't, you don't need immediately, immediate gratification or results. Now, I wish I would have known in my 30s what I know now. Don't you? I mean, I don't know why God did things the way he did. I, I, I don't have a clue. But, but I think to myself, a lot of the things in my life that have bothered me did not need to bother me. I've learned more in the last five years, four to five years, than I have in a lifetime. And what I've realized is, if I will give things to God and wait upon him, I can pray people in and I can pray people out. True story. God, thank you for them. I just thank you, Lord, that you're going to find a place for them. I thank you, God, they're going to hear your voice just like I've heard it. But all people of the day, I'm trusting you to put it in their heart to come. Some of y'all are frantic that you've got relatives that aren't born again. You've got relatives living a wrong lifestyle. and You're all up in arms about it. You're trying to fix it. I just love it. And then when it really gets nasty, this is the nastiest thing you ever say to somebody you've been praying for. I've given you over to the Lord. That just freaks religious people out and lost people. Oh, God. I'd rather you beat up on me than give me to God. I've given you to God. I'm just going to love you from now on. Oh, I have prayers for people that are living in a wrong lifestyle that you would not can't even tell you. I pray really nasty prayers. God, may the next time they do that, they just be sick over it. I'm praying holy sickness on them, God. For their own eternal good. I know that doesn't sound theologically accurate, but I just love people. And when I see people self-destructing, God, I don't want them to hit bottom. So could you give them a sign on their way down? May they read it. May they absorb it. May they... My dreams and my vision always include other people. A righteous man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. So if I pray for the blessing of God, it's not just for me. It's for our children's children. I'm not just asking God, make my life wonderful. God, if my life is wonderful, it's going to help make a lot of other people's lives wonderful. And for all of you who prayed me back to Oklahoma City... You better get on your prayer horse. Patience. So next week, I will talk about purpose. 
and then probably passion. But I want you to begin to think about this. As you prepare, I want you this week to write down, again, some people say, I've never, I've never presented, how do I do the goal thing? Categorize it. It's real simple. It won't even take a year because that's just a lot. If you have more than a page of goals, visions, and dreams, you're going to be depressed at the end of the year because that's just a lot. <laughs> Just, just, get on, just get on a couple of things, you know. Uh, just how, how can I better grow? Well, I don't wake up on Sunday mornings and ask the question, do I go to church? It's not even a question. We go to church. Amen. It's real simple. Some of y'all giving yourself permission just to just hang out. Now, we all take time off. But too many times you're worshiping at St. Mattress Cathedral. <laughs> or Bedside Baptist. And you just say, well, I just, don't, I just didn't want to go today. How, how much do you want to grow? How much personal growth? I, I don't want to serve. How much do you want to grow personally? What are you doing to be a better husband or wife or father or neighbor or friend or coworker? What are you doing? What are the goals you have? Well, this year, uh, once a month, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send my wife flowers. Or once a month, I'm going to do something special. Or once a month, I'm going to take a, a, a gift cards to the office for Starbucks. I'm going to do something. What are you doing? You say, what does it have to do with my dream and vision? It has everything to do with it because you know what? When you sow into other people's lives, you reap. Yes, right. Financially, where do you want to be? Well, you can dream all you want about praying over your business, but if you don't bring the tithes and offerings into the house of God, good luck. That's, right. That's all I can tell you is good luck. I can't say bless you because you ain't obeying God. Everybody lays out their financial dreams and goals and asks God to bless them financially, and they don't do anything to better the kingdom of God by giving into the, the church. Now, don't get mad at me. I'm just trying to help you. I've had people for years say, Pastor, uh, pray for me. I, we're broke or we're having a struggle. We're struggling. And I, I asked one question. I said, well, do you tithe? Well, no, then I don't know how to pray for you. You want me to ask God to override what he said to do? I can't do that. I said, well, God bless them anyway. They don't obey you. They don't honor you. They're not willing and obedient. I can't ask God. That'd be my. So don't ever ask me to pray for you unless you want me to pray real. Because I'm just going to tell you something. We've had churches and people teaching seminars and all of this. But you cannot leave the Bible out when you start talking about dreams and visions. Do unto others. You'd have them do unto you. That goes back to the relational category. God, I, I'm going to die every day. Personal growth. I'm going to die daily. I'm to myself. I'm going to die daily. God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a tither and a giver in 2020. And I promise you, in December of 2020, I promise you, you'll look at your finances and go, I don't know how this happened, but we're better than last year. Yeah. And so just create categories and write down what you want to see happen and look at them every day and say, God, here they are. Again today, I surrender these to you. My kids are living like idiots. God, here's, here's little Joe or whoever he is and... God, I, I'm just putting him in your lap today and asking you to change his life. Not for my sake, but for his sake. This is not about me, it's about them. It's not to make me look good, it's to have them live good. All these things are so very important. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your faithfulness and your goodness and your mercy. And thank you that you've told us we perish without a vision. So this year we don't want to perish. So we're going we're gonna to put our vision out there, God, in Jesus' name. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I want to pray a simple prayer. And those of you watching online, I want to pray this prayer. And I want to ask you to pray it with me. There will be those who pray this prayer for the very first time. 
<coughs> to receive Christ and there will be those that will recommit their lives to him but as we pray this prayer God's going to do something in your life that you've been needing done for a long time so pray it with me say Father God thank you so much for sending your only son to die on the cross for my sin Jesus thank you for giving your life for me today I give my life to you I repent of my sin and I declare today I'm saved today I'm a Christian in Jesus name amen if you prayed that prayer to recommit your life or you prayed it for the first time I want to ask you to do me a favor I want to ask you to text the word saved to 405-500-1310 hello this is Pastor Mark Crow. I just want to take a quick moment to thank you for joining us online we hope you have a blessed week this week and get to be a blessing to those around you I want to invite you to join us at Mosaic Church OKC next week at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. Or join us online. God bless you.